So this Sunday, we celebrate uh, the uh, Dormition of Anna, the mother of, uh, the, of Mary. Uh, so the, the, um, she's the grandmother of our Lord Jesus Christ after the flesh. Uh, and, um, and so I want to talk about the, the epistle reading that we heard that was for, uh, that, 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 that is, that is celebrating her. Now, the epistle reading, interestingly, is, is, um, about Paul, uh, is from Galatians, and Paul is talking about, um, Hagar and Sarah. Uh, but you need to, you actually need to kind of get a little, back up a little bit for, for context here, because he's, he's actually talking to the Galatians about the law. Uh, because the Galatian church, uh, which Paul had established, was struggling with uh, a temptation to go back to the law. Uh, and, and because people had come in and were, were, were telling them, look, yeah, yeah, if, if you really want to be, uh, a follower of Jesus Christ, you have to be circumcised, you have to follow all the various details of the law, and Paul is kind of just tearing his hair out, saying, what? You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? You know, the, the gospel that I preached to you, this was a gospel that came to me from Christ himself. I didn't receive it from any man, and yet it corresponds with the, with what the other apostles are teaching. Um, and And, you know, when I came, I preached to you a gospel of faith that it was faith in jesus christ that saved you not the law now why are you going back to the law and he he's, he has this uh, analogy which which actually kind of feeds into the, the the bit that we've we've just heard uh where the um he talks about uh as someone who is in the age of minority and uh, an heir to a, a vast fortune uh, but he's he's still a child uh, and he says, is, this child is, is more or less a slave. He doesn't, he, he doesn't actually have any control over the, the vast riches he's going to inherit. Uh, the, he's, he's entrusted to uh, tutors and managers and people who look after him. Uh, and it's not until he reaches the age of majority that he become, gets out of the law uh, out from under the law that is binding him and, and becomes, becomes essentially the free person that he was born to be. Uh, he comes into his inheritance. And then he, he's, and it's at that, this point that he, that, that having explained this, that he moves into the story of, uh, of, of Hagar and Sarah. And I love this story in part because, uh, in seminary, I, was going to do my thesis. I never actually finished my thesis <coughs> uh, uh, on on allegorical interpretation, and this this passage is the one uh, uh, the one passage in in the New Testament which is the bugbear for any who want to oppose any kind of allegorical interpretation of the Scripture, because Paul himself says hey, the story of Hagar and Sarah is an allegory. Uh, so okay, well, Paul used allegory, so maybe we should also interpret the, the scriptures allegorically. Um, he ta- he talks about um, um, the, these two women. Uh, of course, if you if you know the story, Hagar was a bondwoman or a slave. Uh, she, she was Sarah's slave, in fact. Uh, that uh, when Sarah, Sarah realized that 
she wasn't about to have any children and she just wasn't getting any younger, uh, she gave Abraham, her slave, Hagar, to take as a wife. And he had a child by Hagar called, uh, named Ishmael. Uh, and uh, that, was, that was great, except that wasn't actually what God had promised Abraham. It, this was this was something that that you know was common in the in those days. Uh, it led to problems, which is why it's no longer common, or it shouldn't be common, <laughs> uh, uh, because as um, uh, and and of course it wasn't the the ultimate fulfillment of the promise. This was a natural birth. This happens. You can you can do this if you're young enough. You, you, uh, the, old, the 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 men can have kids with. Young women, and so Hagar had a kid, Ishmael, and he grew up as Abraham's son, but he was the son of the slave woman. Of course, if again, if uh, the story go, uh, that in in Genesis uh, makes it clear that God wasn't finished here, and He comes and He tells Abraham and Sarah that they're going to have that they Abraham and Sarah are going to have a kid, and and that this is this is. The, going to be the fulfillment of the promise that was given to Abraham. And, and so in, uh, Abraham believes God and it's credited to him to right, as righteousness and he does what he has to do. Uh, and, and Abra- and Sarah actually gets pregnant. And, and when she's like, Abraham was what, 99, 100, uh, Sarah's in her 80s, uh, and, and, and she's, and she's actually pregnant with, Isaac and Isaac is born and and they actually name him Isaac because they were laughing at, <laughs> at this promise and uh, name Isaac means laughter. Uh, they were kind of just couldn't believe God and yet they believed him enough to act and God worked. So uh, this was about 13 years later than af- af- uh, after uh, so Ab- Ishmael now is about 13 years old and there was tension between the two boys. Um, the, uh, uh, Ishmael was teasing him, bullying him, just not making life kind of miserable for Isaac and Sarah being the protective mother that she was said, this has got to stop and has Abraham, uh, kick Hagar and Ishmael out. And God looks after Hagar and Ishmael. Thankfully, uh, if you want to read the rest of the story, go read Genesis. Highly recommended. Um, uh, but but Paul takes this story and he he reads it allegorically. He read literally the word allegory means other meaning. So he reads it with another meaning. Uh, and and the the allegory that he that he that he uh, um, comes up with or the allegorical interpretation that he that he gives to the Galatians is that Hagar being the slave woman represents the law. Her child Ishmael is born naturally uh, in the course of nature, and and he, but he is a slave. He is not free. He's the son of a slave. Uh, whereas Sarah represents uh, grace, the grace of God, faith. Uh, the miraculous birth, the miraculous fulfillment of the promise of God, uh, and 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 so uh, um, 
the and and he says it's not unnatural that that you know if you look right back at the beginning the child of the bondwoman the child of the, uh, the is is persecuting the, the the free child which is exactly what the galatians were actually experiencing they were experiencing persecution pressure uh to 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 conform to go back under the law he says don't do it the promise of God is miraculous. It comes by faith in Christ. This is how you started. This is how you must continue. This is where the promise of God lies, not in the law. And here I want to reference again on two levels uh, the, uh, my, an, an analogy I've used a number of times the analogy of the center and the circumference. So if you know your basic geometry, uh, the circle is, ha you, you can see the circle by looking at the circumference, the, the line around the, uh, around the uh, uh, edges of the circle. Um, and this circumference of the circle in this analogy represents the law. The law is, by definition, a boundary. It describes, and, uh, and, and in, in great detail, uh, the boundary outside of which you should not go. If you want to stay inside the circle, here's the boundary line. Uh, and the law, in that sense, is good. When Christ came, he made it very clear that the law was good. And that one, not one jot or tittle of the law would pass away until all, the, until all these things were fulfilled. Uh, and, and, um, but the law in and of itself cannot save us. That's the problem with the law. For that, you need the origin of the circle. The point from which the circle is described, which is the center. And here, also in the book of Galatians, Paul gives us the center, just as Christ did. The commandment, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Everything in the law flows out of that center. Everything in the law is there to teach us how to love our neighbor as ourself. We have an opportunity to steal. Oh, wait, what does the law say? Do not steal. Okay. If you, if you have an opportunity to, 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 to lie or cheat, what does the law say? Oh, no, don't do, don't do that. Thou shalt not lie. <laughs> don't. Uh, and, 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 and so every, every time we approach the boundary, the law is there to say, oh, no, no, don't go here. But if we look only at the boundary, if we look only at the circumference uh, and are always towing the line, we're not we're kind of missing the point because what is the point of the law why do we not steal or cheat or commit adultery or any of these other things that the law forbids because we are called to love our neighbor as ourselves that's the center and in fact you can be quite nicely and neatly within the circumference but heading in the complete wrong direction which will ultimately take you outside, away from the heart of the law, which is love. So in order to be safe, we need to be 
not simply aware of the circumference. We need to be aware of and pointed towards the center, moving towards the center. In fact, even if we are outside the law, even if we are not yet understanding the uh, Christianity and Christ's teachings in its fullness, if we grasp even a little bit of this basic principle, love your neighbor as yourself, and go in that direction, we will be headed towards the center, and that will ultimately bring us to the teachings of Christ and to the ultimate truth that is at the heart of life, the universe, and everything. So this is the... Um, if we, we can actually take this same principle and apply it to interpretation. Because if we think about how, how do we know? I mean, the law is there to teach us, but we need to know the law. And in order to, need to know the law uh, of God, we need to read the scriptures, read the law of God, study it, learn it, memorize it, ingest it, understand it. And that's, that's often the difficulty. We open up our Bibles and we start reading. Hopefully we open up the Bibles and start reading. And it's like, what? I don't understand. What, what is this about? Um, and, and here we, we, we start with the circumference. We start at the edge. And the circumference here in this analogy, uh, or in this application of the analogy, would be determine what the meaning is. What do the words mean? And sometimes called the literal and the historical meaning. We need to study it. We need to understand it. We need to figure out the context that it's coming from. We need to understand the basics of what it is saying. And that's good. You can, you can actually stay at that level and be have like an almost encyclopedic knowledge of scripture. But I wouldn't recommend that you do that. Uh, do, if you can, attain an encyclopedic knowledge of scripture, by all means, attain it. It's something good, just as the law is something good. But we need not simply the circumference, we need the center. And for us as Christians, this is highly simplifying, but the, 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 it's not simply about the meaning of the scripture, it's about the significance of the scripture. What does it mean to us? And here there's a number of different levels. So obviously we begin with the literal historical level, uh, that we, we then move to, uh, the moral level. We can look at all the different examples in scripture, the good examples and the bad examples. Uh, they're, they're both there. Uh, and you can pretty clearly see which are the good examples. These are the ones whose examples you should follow and which are the bad examples. So don't go there. Don't do that. Uh, we can learn from that, that sort of those basic moral principles. But the highest uh, understanding of Scripture, the highest significance uh, uh, is the allegorical level or the spiritual level. If you think of the the, uh, the 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 basic textual body level, the meaning level is the body. The moral level can be understood kind of as this as the soul. But 
the, the focus that, that for us is what does it mean for us? Why is it there? So in this case, Paul is looking, is, is addressing the Galatians, and he's got this very, very old story, at least, you know, at least probably 4,000 years old. And he's, he's asking, well, what does it mean here, now, in this context, for these people, for the Galatians? And he gets the spiritual meaning out of it. The spiritual meaning is always bounded by the circumference. In fact, it has to be at the center of the circle, moving us towards the center. Uh, and, and, but it, and we, we need to understand the significance and then apply it to our own lives. And what is the significance? Ultimately, it's Christ. Everything in the scripture points us to Christ. Whether that be the historical data on how it moves, uh, how, how God was preparing his people to worship only one God, to understand him as the only true God, to move them towards righteousness through the law to prepare the way for the incarnation of Christ, uh, the Messiah, uh, and then all of these things then point us to Christ and his teachings. His teaching of love. We come back to that again. That's the center. Love your neighbor as yourself. God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. This becomes really important for us as Orthodox Christians. As Orthodox Christians, we are inheritors of the fullness of the faith, of a very large and complex tradition. As we dive into and dig deeper into the tradition, there are all sorts of things that can tempt us uh, to focus exclusively on them. This is the most important. This is the most important. This is the most important. No, no, it's actually really important that you do this. Or this particular tradition is, is the most... How do we determine? How do we distinguish? And this answer is simple. The circumference is important. The circumference describes the circle. The circumference teaches us about how to love in various circumstances. But the center is love. Love God and love your neighbor as yourself. And if we hold on to that, if we aim for that, if that becomes what defines us, then we will understand the circle as a whole. We will understand where it originates, where it comes from. And we will be able to orient ourselves towards the center, towards Christ, towards loving our neighbor as ourself, which is the whole of and the meaning of and the essence of the law of God, which is the law of love. His glory. Glory to the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit. Now and ever until the Spirit.